Hi! Welcome to the CGOB Sports Show podcast. It's trade deadline day. The Jets were very busy. What do we think of their moves? What does Leah Hextall think of what the Jets did? We'll get her thoughts today on the podcast as well. Dominance in the pool. Kelsey Wog of the Manitoba Bisons. Four goals at the U Sports National Championship this past weekend. She joins the show as well on the podcast. So we bring in now Leah Hextall, our hockey expert correspondent here on CJOB. How was your day, Leah? Did your <laughs> mind go crazy at around 2.57 when everything started pouring in? Uh, that's what makes this day so much fun is, yes, it started off a little bit slow this morning as it tends to do. You see a few players start to drop. And then as we get closer to the deadline, general managers on both sides knowing that they need to get something accomplished either by buying or selling and you saw exactly that happen and the Jets definitely added a few players to their roster today so let's start with the big name Kevin Hayes you mentioned on Friday that this it looked like something that could possibly happen he does come here the price was right in your opinion you know when I look at what Nashville did to get Wayne Simmons I would say that perhaps the price on Kevin Hayes was a little high but I say that knowing that Kevin Hayes is a centerman and centermen generally are going to cost you more. And the fact is at the end of the day, I think Kevin Shovel Dayoff did a good job. This is the trade deadline. It is not bargain bin deadline. And you know, you're going to be paying a bit of a premium, especially if you're a contender in order to get the player that you want. And everyone should know that it's not that the Jets couldn't have done what Nashville did to get Wayne Simmons. They made the conscious choice that they wanted to get a centerman. And that's why Kevin Hayes was acquired today. And most of these deals coming in the last hour or so, this was done at 9.30 a.m. They knew they wanted this guy. They had it done. So how does Hayes fit into this lineup? Well, that'll be the interesting thing to see tomorrow. I have a feeling that he's going to be slotted in on what would be, you know, I put this in air quotations, the second line, because I'm not someone who believes in first, second, third, fourth lines in the NHL. We can get to that in a moment. But I do believe that you will see him where Brian Little was the other night. He will be slotted in between Kyle Connor and Nikolai Ehlers, because I do believe that Patrick Laine will remain up top with Shifley and Wheeler just to continue to get him going because they're getting him out of the sledge and they need to get him going before playoffs. So Brian Little will bump down, and I think you're going to have him between Perot and Roslevic. And, you know, I think Kevin Hayes is going to be a good fit. Now, he's being put with two players that have a lot of speed. But when it comes to Kevin Hayes, he's a bit of an awkward skater, but he's got this sneaky skill. And what that means is that he's not the flash that a Mark Scheifele or Blake Wheeler is. He's not that smooth guy, but he has that skill, especially in tight spaces because of his his size that he's able to provide finish. I covered him in Boston college where he centered alongside Johnny Goudreau. And, you know, obviously Johnny Goudreau is a player that has speed and skill. So I'm really interested to see him play with Ehlers and Connor. And that's where I think you're going to see him line up. Before we get to the rest of the acquisitions, just you mentioned the whole no real line designation thing. So if little goes with, Perot and Roslovic, then your quote-unquote fourth line, I guess, is that TLC line of Cop, Lowry, Tanev. That seems like a pretty good 12-man unit, doesn't it? 
Well, I would never say that that line is the fourth line, Christian. I would say that's the second line because the TLC line is often the second line over the board after that opening face-off because they are your line that's going out there to play against the other team's best players and shut them down. And that's where I think that the NHL has changed. I know traditionally we've had first, second, third, fourth line, and you think that your top talent is on your first line and kind of your grit guys are on your fourth line. I'm not saying that's completely off, but that shutdown line, that TLC line, if they go out and play against Nashville and they shut down their top line, does that not make then the TLC line Winnipeg's top line that night? It all depends on the situational hockey that you're in. And I just want to be very clear about this. Brian Little is a better centerman than Kevin Hayes. And I'm not saying that in a disrespectful way to Kevin Hayes. I'm a big fan of Hayes. I have him for a very long time, and I think he's a great acquisition for this team as an addition. But Brian Little next to Blake Wheeler is the most respected player within that Jets room because of the skill set he has. And what makes Brian Little so strong, and the reason you can put him down on that quote-unquote fourth line, is because he makes every single player he plays with better. And that's the worth of Brian Little. And that's why the Jets did something great today, because your Stanley Cup, is one on your third and fourth line. So if that's the Jets' fourth line, to get back to your original point, Christian, while I don't like to deem them, you're right. They're in very good shape today. They did well. Nick Patan escapes the press box. He goes to Toronto. Yeah. I, I guess it that's the end of his story here. And it really, I guess there really was no other way for that story to end in Winnipeg, right? This was the Jets rewarding Nick Batan for being a really good citizen. He's been through a lot this year. We know of the loss of his dad, but he just he couldn't find his way into this lineup. I don't really know how much he'll get to see either in Toronto. That's a very stacked team. But I think it was just a change of scenery. It was a chance to give him perhaps the opportunity to find his way into an organization. And that was the Jets rewarding him and doing the right thing. And, and uh, I, I wish him nothing but the best because he's a quality individual and, uh, but just wasn't a fit here in Winnipeg at this time. And I guess the, the acquisition they get from Toronto is Perlint home. And it's a player that is in his first year in the NHL undrafted from Sweden. He's a 27 years old. Is he just going to sit in the press box now? Well, I mean, all these players are out of for death, but you do hope that you really don't need to utilize them that much, right? I mean, besides Kevin Hayes, you're hoping that your defense is going to work itself out from the injury situation, and you're hoping that your forward core is pretty set for those lines that we just spoke of. So the fact is, is you likely are going to see that. That wasn't a move so much about the player, as that's probably what Toronto needed to do on their part, and the Jets wanted to get it done for Pecan. Matt Hendricks returns from Minnesota, spent last year in Winnipeg. What does he bring this team? Because I I imagine he's not coming here to play. You know, it's my hex on hockey tomorrow is actually going to be about Matt Hendricks. And there's a big reason for this. Their trade deadline teams address their needs. The Jets with Matt Hendricks and acquiring him addressed a want. They wanted him back. Think of what it means to be Matt Hendricks. You're not a superstar, but you have a team that's contending for the cup pursuing you today. And that's exactly what happened. The Jets went after him, and I'm going to get more into it on my Hex on Hockey as to why they went after him. But it's more than just the fact that he's a good guy in the room because it's a next level kind of guy in the room. It's the level in which... The Jets missed him this year in very specific ways, and they feel that if they're going to take that next step, they need him in that dressing room in order to do so, whether he hits the ice or not. 
All right, I don't want to spoil your commentary piece, so let's move to the <laughs> to the blue line now where you mentioned this on, on Friday. This was before Josh Morrissey goes down with an injury that we don't know how severe it is yet, but I don't think it looks very good. Nathan Beaulieu from Buffalo and Bogdan Kiselovich from Florida. I, I guess Beaulieu's going to have to play probably, won't he? Somebody will be slotted in there. So here's the situation with the Jets defense. It is cloudy right now. Um, as we know, Dustin Bufflin, it's a different kind of injury that they're going to be very careful about. So I don't see them rushing him back. I know that the update from Kevin Shoveldayoff was quite vague, saying that Morrissey's still being evaluated. I think when everybody saw that hit, I don't know about you, Christian, but I immediately thought, okay, that's four weeks. Yeah, that's, at that's least. probably a month for sure. I'm going to say we're not going to see Morrissey for the rest of the season. And he will, I will say, let's finger cross for the second round of the playoffs from what I've been doing from my digging. Um, So he's, you know, you hear sometimes that players are injured and then you hear that players are hurt. There's a difference. So when a team tells you a player's injured, that usually means it's not, you know, it is just an injury. He'll miss like say maybe 10 games or whatever, but I've heard that Morrissey is hurt. So if that's the case to me, I'm thinking, I'm definitely thinking, cross your fingers for first round playoffs, but I think, uh, I think we're in for it here. I think he's going to be gone for a while and it's going to be interesting to see. And that's exactly why the Jets had to go out. And on any day, as Kevin Shoveldale said, you need extra defensemen, especially in the playoffs. But they had to go out and do a little bit more probably than they needed to today. But you know what? I'm a big fan of Sammy Miku. I have to tell you, I think he's done really well. Yes, there's a few turnovers here and there, but the way he's assimilated into the pro game, I think that really speaks to the talent he has and to all the development he's done in the American League. And and, uh, I think they've got a good player there. So we'll see how they do on the back end. And uh, let's remember, they have a pretty darn good goaltender, so that helps out as well. That's true. And before we just take a quick break, Leah, just your thoughts on the idea that there weren't a lot of left shot defensemen available. How important is that to have a number of players that can shoot left with Morrissey out of the lineup now? Well, if you talk to Mike Babcock, it's a, you know, it's a deal breaker, right? He loves his combinations. Um, but, you know, I've, I don't know if speaking to Chris Letang and he said to me, you know what? It really doesn't matter. I think it's just, it's an ideal thing to have, but at the end of the day, a lot of defensemen can switch and they can play well on both sides. But it's a nice thing to have. It's great that they managed to find a left shot D. Uh, so, you know, we'll see how that gets worked in. But the Jets now have some time, and they've got lots of games to do it. They're going to be hard games, but they've got lots of games here in this last stretch because of that Finland trip to figure out what they're going to look like before the playoffs. Leah Hextall, appreciate it as always. Thank you, Christian. You have a good night. In the pool. Kelsey Wog, 20 years old, third-year swimmer, won the 200-meter breaststroke, set a new U-sports record in the process. Fourth gold medal of the meet. On top of that win Saturday, also swept the other individual breaststroke events, the 50 on Thursday, the 100 on Friday, also won the 200-meter medley. Four golds, a new best for her, earning her U-sports first-team All-Canadian recognition and improves on the three golds and one silver she won at last year's national championship. And I actually caught up with Wog earlier today. Going into the, the U Sports Championship, what was your expectation for your performance? Um, I didn't have... Okay, well, I wanted to win four golds, but I didn't really put an expectation on myself. I just w- wanted to get in there and race and see where I was at. 
So you didn't really have a certain time that you wanted to hit in all the races? No, I didn't limit myself with a goal time. Okay. So I guess explain how the meet works. You're racing over a, a number of days. You have to qualify for certain finals or are you already into the finals of these events? Um, so prelims happens in the morning around 10 a.m. And then um, finals happens later around 6 p.m., 5, 6 p.m. Okay. So you had a medal Thursday, one Friday, and then two Saturday. What was the breakdown there? Um, yeah, so on Thursday, Thursday, I actually had two. I okay. had the gold in the 200 IM and 50 breasts. And then Friday was the 100 breasts, and Saturday was 200 breasts. Okay, and breaststroke is your kind of your forte? Yeah. That's your focus? Yeah. Okay. So when you got out of the pool each time, you look back at the clock, you say, you know, that's what I wanted to do. You know, you won the gold. Yeah, I definitely felt um, happy and accomplished because in all of my races, I was able to um, execute a couple things that I've been working on. So it was good progress. Setting time records, does that matter to you? Um, I definitely saw them. Like, I've seen them for a couple of years now. And um, this year I was pretty determined to get the 200 breast record. And it happened, so <laughs> it was good. Yeah. So uh, I guess now that the national championship is done, that pretty much is it for the university season. What happens now before your fourth year starts at U of M? Um, so in a couple of weeks, I have Canadian Swimming Trials, which is where um, we're, I'm going to try and qualify for Worlds. Okay. And how many spots are there available? So there's two spots available per event, as long as um, the top two are both under the FINA A standard. Okay. So what does that mean? Um, so we have to swim under a certain time standard and two people will get to go Okay, to talk to. And do you feel like you have a good shot at that? Um, like anything goes, I don't know how like my other competitors are training at this point, but, um, at U sport, I was under, I swam under the FINA A standard. And as long as I do my best, I'll be happy with the outcome. So how much wider does the competition now get from the just the other university athletes to now you're swimming against basically the rest of Canada that's out of university at this point? Yeah, and there will also be a couple of girls in there that did NCAA as well. So a couple of them will come up from the States to compete. Okay. So this is the Worlds, I guess, is the biggest event you can do in a non-Olympic year? Yeah. Okay. So when are the Worlds? They're end of July in Korea. And when are the trials again? Uh, beginning of April. Beginning of April. So you're basically balancing now school with training for na for the trials there? Yeah. <laughs> how easy or how hard is that balance? Um, right now it's... It's definitely a little bit of a struggle, but um, I know I'll get I'll get through it. <laughs> Where are trials? 
Uh, they're going to be in Toronto at the Toronto Pan Am Sports Center. Okay, because I'm just thinking April, it's kind of you're heading into the stretch drive of the school season, right, for your studies and yeah. exams coming up. Yeah, trials is the, the whole entire week before exams. <laughs> so it's gonna so not be... great timing. <laughs> so April's going to be a pretty stressful month then. Yeah. Okay. So do you, when you're at the trials then, are you kind of studying when you're out of the pool? Um, yeah, I'm for sure going to have to, <laughs> but I'm going to try and do most of my studying before the trials so I can really focus on swim and I am not swimming, feeling stressed about school and then I'll come back and just do my best. <laughs> All right. Well, I wish you best of luck, I guess, in both your uh, your studies and your trials attempts. Congratulations again on your success this past weekend. Thank you. Check out the CJOB Sports Show weeknights from 7 to 9 p.m. with Christian O'Mell and the Sports Show Podcast. Not available on iTunes, not available on Google Podcasts, not available anywhere you get your favorite podcasts. Yes.